Welcome back. It's been a hiatus. Uh, it's been a hiatus. I'm Naomi Calhoun. This is Mike White was robbed. This is a podcast. You like podcasts. You probably like me, which is why you're listening. But more importantly, you like what is brought to the table, which is a hot survivor take each and every time I record. Not not week. Not not at all. Um, so today I'm very excited. He is part of the Voted Naomi Out Twice Club, which is a very prestigious club to be a part of. Um, it's Cam Daniel. Cam, what the hell's up? Hey, Naomi. I uh, Thank you for having me on. I'm honored. I, uh, I'm ready to spit some, some hot fire takes and uh, get into it and atone for my sins of voting you off. Um, if the sequester revenge didn't, didn't already get me there. <laughs> Because you did get me back, so I think we're, we're somewhat even. I watched it back recently because uh, my pal Chappelle, Michael J. Clark brought up that I was like dramatically applying lip gloss while voting you out. I was like, Oh, you are just completely evil. I feel like uh, watching it back as I watched the little like recap on the side yeah. and I just like being able to see what you were saying in other rooms. I was like, oh, well, she just like completely made me dance like one of those marionette puppets like the whole game. But so I think we're even. Yeah, it's really it's really funny. The I find the longer I play orgs, the more people that I both trust and don't trust at the same time. Where it's like I really like you so much, and yet I don't know what's going on, and I feel scared, so I'm gonna vote you out. Like the it's the kind of the um, it's that uh, the like mutual respect thing of like oh like I feel like we're like scary enough that we need to stick together for like the first third of the game, and then the second third of the game we go off and do our own thing, and then the end of it it's like oh we're at each other's throats. So, Cam, I am very excited uh, that you have brought me a take that I thought uh, was perfect, was exactly what I wanted to talk about on this podcast, is what this nation of one person's podcast was built upon. So, Cam, what is your take? Listen, Naomi, it, it's no it's no secret that Survivor is in a crisis right mm-hmm. now. We are at a crossroads the game we know and love is dying before our very eyes. And I think I have what is the easiest way to cure what ails modern survivor. And that is to both shrink the jury and to truly sequester the jury. I think that, I I think that'll not only help solve some of the like gender and racial imbalances with the winners, but I also think that I think it would increase the gameplay at, at pretty much every stage of the game. So the beginning, the merge, and then the the late game, even like final tribal council. I think every part of Survivor will be fixed just by doing those two things. I love it. I kind of wish you had just switched it up after your whole big intro just said we should kill Jeff Probst. And I think that would have been... Listen, if you saw those Super Bowl commercials, it looks like he's close to death door anyways, so... <laughs> well, I, I didn't watch the Super Bowl uh, because go Bills, and so I... Sorry. I hey, elected a different route. Thank you so much. He looked like a weird CGI melted butter Jeff Probst, so I'm a little worried about him is all I have to say. Someone text Jeff Probst. Someone let him know. Uh, One of the things I did when I first started playing lab reality games is I started preparing by looking at um, jury winnings. I I wrote down a whole list of, uh, in a final three or a final two, uh, who wins. And in so many, I mean, we obviously know it from just being fans, but like, it just hits a streak of like, male, 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 male. And also with the makeup of... Uh, part of it was to see the gender balance of the final three. If two women and one man go to the end, what's the chances of a woman winning? What's the chance of a man winning? 
And I agree with you. I think, especially on the gameplay part, this is this could fix a lot of problems that Modern Survivor has. Um, I think this could really change the game of like you have to play hard to earn your spot. So let's yeah. let's start off. Where 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 did you come to this? And where do you first? What do we want to start with? Ah, oh, where did I come to this? I don't know. To be honest, all right. I I don't know if this is like a new take that I have, but maybe my girlfriend is new to Survivor, so she was not a Survivor fan before we started dating, and as you may have noticed, I am a large Survivor fan, Um, and so maybe after the second live reality game she had to sit, you know, through (laughs) for eight hours at a time, she was like, oh, maybe I'll watch the show and, and give it a chance, and then obviously season 40 happened and in the lead up to season 40 i made us watch every season that one of the contestants was on so that we like made sure she was you know fully caught up into season 40 and you really get like they did a pretty good job with the cast i mean i have some complaints but you really get a good idea of like what the different eras of survivor was and and kind of how people approached the final vote. And I think in its core, Survivor is the final vote, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the core of Survivor is the whole concept of you need to get to the end, you need to vote these people off, and then they need to vote for you, right? And I think the modern seasons, the reason why it feels a little hollow and the reason why we're not as kind of respecting of how the game ends and, and we have a little bit of like... I don't know, hatred for some of the winners is because we're not really seeing that kind of promise of what Survivor is really come to fruition because of the things like these bloated juries, because of the things like the new Final Tribal um, format where kind of these larger characters can really take over and create a whole narrative while being on the jury for the people in the final three. Um, And so to me, I mean, I think what I love about Survivor, and maybe this isn't what everyone loves about Survivor, but I, 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 I love that everyone comes to Final Tribal with their own methodology of how to vote. And I think that that's being taken away. You know, it's not one person, one vote anymore. It's almost one jury, one vote. I feel like a lot of these Final Tribals are like coronations of someone rather than like an actual trial, you know? Yes. Uh, and I, I think maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like the long, the more games I play and the more time I spend on a jury, having to sort of ask myself, why am I upset at somebody for voting me out when I, this is the game? Why do I want to vote for somebody to win? What do they have to do to convince me? Um, the more time I really think about like, anybody can choose any reason to pick somebody to vote for. If you want to set whatever parameters for yourself, uh, you also have to sort of make that vote really important. I think part of uh, the problem that you've talked about is that your vote is not as important. It's not going to be a 4-3 split. It's going to be like a 6-3 or a 7-3 or whatever the votes end up coming down to so often. Or with Edge of Extinction, a 13-6 or something. (laughs) Right. Like, your vote doesn't matter as much in... It's diluting the importance for sure. Right. And and it's it's diluting the importance of the individual relationship. I I mean, I think it definitely... I mean, to go off what you're saying, I mean, I think a lot of the larger juries, I mean, and, and I... A, a greater survivor historian, Jordan Kalish, can come on and correct me about this. But I, I think oftentimes you see this thing where someone wins the jury vote and they maybe 
didn't get the fourth place person's vote. They didn't get the fifth place person's vote. They didn't get the sixth place person's vote. These people that they spent the majority of the game with and voted out towards the end, they didn't get their votes. But you know the reason why they won? They got some people who were voted out 13th through 11th or 13th through 8th or something like that who, like, they didn't spend that much time with. Maybe some of them they didn't even play with. You know, maybe they were some some seasons like Cook Islands. They didn't even play with the people. Um, and then they voted on, you know, gameplay or kind of hearsay or some of these other things. And I think when you shrink it to seven people you really have that aspect of like hey i am one person and i'm making a huge portion of this decision and i need to make sure that it sits right with my morals and maybe it is big moves that i want to vote for that's fine maybe it's pick a number you know and that's also fine maybe it's who didn't betray me and that's fine too i mean i think like you said i i i agree the more you're on one of these juries the more you realize that just like everyone's voting criteria is like sacred to themselves and i think the bigger the jury, you're taking that away from people. And the way the final tribal council is formatted now with kind of the, the um, open forum, I guess, is how they want to they, mm. they want to uh, style it. I mean, I think it's just the loudest voices get the biggest say. And, I mean, you see that. You see the war dogs speak up and, and kind of dominate the final tribal council. Um, and, and, I mean, for lack of a better term, the, 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 the alpha white males, you know, speaking up and dominating the voice and kind of, phrasing and and kind of structuring the storyline heading into that final tribal and i mean it i think even more so than just shrinking the jury they really need to truly sequester them and i think that's kind of the hot take here because i think shrinking the jury is like that's something that people like kind of agree on and survivor might even do at some point i don't think survivor will ever sequester the jury i mean i think no one no player wants to do it the fans love the stupid ponderosa videos like i just think like realistically that's never going to happen but like in order to create like a perfect if we want this game to be perfect and we want the winners to like have a like a chance to come from every type of gameplay and and for any type of player to be able to get to the end and win you need to sequester the jury they need to sit there and stew with what happened to them personally and then they'll come to final tribal with a very personal and you know innate view on the game that i think is being kind of squandered by you know sitting at ponderosa and having kind of the louder characters just speak into their ear and i don't know i feel like i'm probably offending someone that like I'm not calling all the other jury members sheep or anything like that, but I think there is just some like natural uh, group think that happens when you have these people sit together for two weeks. And then when you have the loudest people get to like kind of yell at you for two weeks, even more, you know? Well, and also, cause it, I think it's like the, it's the coupling of it because when you don't limit people to one idea, right? Like I think about anytime you've ever been in a class with like someone like me who, wants to talk and if people aren't going to talk I'll talk because I want to keep something going or whatever I was like in high school um aka insufferable is you want to give everybody the equal opportunity to speak and like the fact that we don't really even get certain people giving questions in winners at war of edge of extinction rather it's a big group chat is Um, to me is like cacophonous and doesn't produce good questioning because you know it's so much easier that to go cam here's my question for you why did you tell me to go fuck myself at final five and you get your answer but if you're wasting the other part of is if you're wasting the time of the other people by going hang on i want to talk about why cam told me to go fuck myself at final five it's it suddenly becomes very self-absorbed and very personal whereas true you had your own time to make that choice if it was a question. And then yep. the sequestering of the group is like, 
maybe you talk to somebody and you're like, oh, well, Joe can speak for me. Wardog can speak for me. I think they have the general gist of what I want. And that really sort of devalues your choice. To be clear, Joe cannot speak for me. <laughs> not not Joe Anglum. I was thinking about um, <laughs> I was thinking about Joe Mayna because Joe Mayna was the one who talked okay, a lot okay. in HHH, I remember. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. But like, yes, no, Joe Anglum. Joe Anglum can hot take. Fuck off. Um, Ooh, <laughs> scorching. And I think that these guys who uh, have a lot to say and have a lot of thoughts on the game, when they're allowed to co-opt the conversation at Ponderosa and then on the jury, and then there's never a chance where we don't get to hear what they think, um, it really can warp a jury's perception. I mean, you know, a good example is that all the jury members in Ghost Island, the first five vote for Wendell and the last five vote for Dominic or something like let me look yeah that's 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 one yeah I don't know if the numbers are exactly but that's one of the examples like I was talking about before where I think you lose that part of Survivor of hey I need to figure out a way to vote these people out while also having them vote for me it's like great you got the votes of people who were voted out early merge like they've probably had time to get over it but you didn't figure out how to do the actual part of Survivor, which is vote these last few people out that you've had the alliances with, that you made the bonds with, that you got to the end with, and then betrayed. They didn't vote for you, Wendell, you know? So yeah. they didn't, like... I just you know, looked like, it up. You it's didn't, Dominic You didn't got, actually... Right, it's Dominic who got the first five, but it, the point still stands. Oh, okay. Like, you didn't... All right, yeah, so then, then flip it, then flip it. Right. Then Dominic, you didn't do it right. You know, you didn't play Survivor the right way. Wendell made those bonds with the people at the end and still managed to vote them out while getting their votes. You know, that's kind of the thing that we're lacking here because... You know, screw it. You get to final seven, you can screw everyone over and blow up all the the final four jurors' votes, and you don't need those. You know, you you have the other votes from earlier on in the merge, and then you kind of get to play Survivor in a you know a Mike Holloway way. You know, you get to blow things up. You get to be you know bombastic or a Ben Dreebergen way. I mean, very similar ways of just bulldozing your way to the end, and it gets respected because you're loud and bombastic and you were on the edge you know the whole time, but you didn't really play the Survivor that we all kind of grew to love at the beginning, you know, and I'm not saying that survivor needs to go back in time either. You know, I'm open for adjustment. I just think the core of what survivor was is lost a little bit. And there's also an element, I think of, um, when you watch a Ponderosa video, like you can see that people get to talk, you know, I think a lot about the, um, the, the Ponderosa where either, Tr- I think it's when Trish shows up in K- Kageon and everybody fucking hates her. And she yeah. just like does not know what to do because everybody hates her. And I think that is a sort of uh, toxic mentality. If you walk into a Ponderosa and everybody hates you, perhaps you're more inclined to support uh, either to feel really aggressively about one player or another. You know, maybe if Trish gets treated like shit the whole time, does she feel... Uh, even angrier at Tony or does she feel angrier at Wu because he has the support of other That's everybody true. else. Yeah. It's it's so hard to judge like the the like microcosms of like even the people that might have supported someone might have their vote changed or things like that. I mean, there's so many examples. I mean you can go look at the Koran Ponderosas and see clearly how some of that was very much a little bit of like groupthink and, and pre, you know, conceived notions coming into Final Tribal. And like, listen, I love Michelle and I love her game. I, I think that, you know, definitely some jury members behaved poorly but not against the rules not against anything else michelle earned her win i just think survivors shouldn't producers shouldn't put them in that position to have that kind of sway um you know the kyle jasons of the world or the scott pollards of the world and i think i mean to me 
what happens is when you have 13 people, you can't have those personal connections. Like you said, you can't be yeah. voting on personal connections. So what can you vote on? You vote on gameplay. And and what do people see as gameplay when you can't vote on personal connections? They see blind sides. They see idols. They see challenge wins. They see big Jeff Probst, TM, big move style gameplay. And I mean, it's not a, you know, a secret that that favors a very particular type of human being. You know, that particular favor is a strong white alpha male right i mean it doesn't there's you know there's very few other people that that can fit that mold and do that easily i mean there's you know racial biases that prevent you know non-white players from doing that um there's you know sexist biases that prevent female players from doing that you know so it's just like it's preventing these other types of winners let alone different archetypes of winners you know there's other styles of playing so i mean i think allowing people a little bit more ownership over those votes kind of creates a less homogenous winner as well yeah, and I think the other side of this is that if you're at Ponderosa, um, what we see a lot of the time is that when somebody, I think the Denise video is a great example of it, when Denise gets voted out in Winners at War, is that Denise is bombarded by Nick. And Nick is like, can you explain this? Can you tell me why this blah, blah, blah. And Denise is kind of like, I don't really want to talk about it right now. And there's a lot of tension in the air. But the the sort of bigger point I want to talk about is like what what is the validity of somebody else explaining your game if because there are instances sure so let's say um I think a good example is like South Pacific which I just rewatched recently like there were people really stumping for uh coach but there were also people sort of stumping for Sophie and saying go harder you can do this and um what happens if, if you explain somebody's game and you explain it wrong or you you detrimentally affect the game? If I say, actually, Cam and I were in an alliance the whole time and he just listened to what I had to say and people believe me, then when we get to Final Tribal, you have the additional hurdle of fighting my bullshit and fighting yeah. the notions that I've put in the jury's head that may not be true. And it kind of lessens the importance of what final tribal is, which is explain yourself. Tell me what the hell right. went. Tell me what hell, tell me what yeah. the hell happened. And <laughs> so it, I think if you sequester the jury, what I liked about this, what I don't like about this is that I love Ponderosa videos. So <laughs> yeah, I know me too. I'm a, I'm a sucker for all the content. So I get it. Like no, no survivor super fan is going to love it. The casuals I think won't notice. So I feel no, like I that's, that's a win at least. I think to your, to your point there. I mean, I, I agree that it in the current, survivor that's a hurdle that they have to cover i mean i think a great survivor player would acknowledge that that's a hurdle that's coming and so would maybe be careful about who they vote off and when so that they you know are sending the right people to the jury to kind of back them up knowing that it is this type of thing i just think it would be better to have that kind of type of thing removed and i I know we're talking a lot about the final tribal in in the vote but i mean i i think these changes could actually have like a huge impact on all the phases of the game i mean yeah, I yes. think we're seeing a, a, I don't know about you, but I, I just, I've lost interest in the pre-merge recently in a lot of seasons. I just don't, I, I mean, Winners at War was a little bit of an exception and, and there's definitely, definitely seasons that have, you know, interesting pre-merges. I just think if you take away this kind of easy ride to a final 13 merge or a final 14 merge in some cases, you really have these players playing a lot harder to get to the, you know, the merge or the jury phase, whenever it is, you know? 
make the jury a goal make the jury a like an actual accomplishment again instead of kind of another checkbox on the mark to hey i want to become a returning player hey i want to become a winner of survivor you know it's like i think a lot of people are playing it safe i mean a lot of a lot of good survivor players barely even play until the merge you know whereas i think in this format you're gonna need to scrap you're gonna need to do some things to make sure that you're set up good to make it even further you know um before the merge um and then the other thing i think is just like if you're a challenge person to me recently the tribal challenges have been a lot better than the individual immunity challenges where you're just balancing something so i'll take a few fewer balancing challenges and a couple more interesting uh tribal challenges myself so like i think a great example is i've never we we all kind of know that like collectively big fans of, of survivor don't like that a jury member can not interact with everybody in the tribe. And I am a big, both having played the games that we play and, and just watch survivor. I'm a big proponent of, you know, you gotta meet everybody because how, how can you give in, in the game of survivor? How can you, how can you validate giving someone a million dollars that you've never met before? You just can't. You don't deserve, you can't, you don't deserve that vote. You, you, if you haven't met both people, you don't deserve to vote. You know, like I just, all you can vote on is hearsay and the tribals that you attended, which is just not what Survivor is, you know? And and the other, I mean, the other whole part of this is that basically, like, I think Survivor fans forget that it's a million fucking dollars. And, like, um, I was, I did the Suri Zoom event, and actually the most interesting thing I think Johnny Fairplay said, uh, not to give Johnny Fairplay any more props than he probably already gives himself, but is that casting wants to hear why you want to admit a million dollars. They don't care that you're a super fan and that you know the whole game inside and out. They want to know why you want a million dollars. And at the end of the day, like, how the fuck could you give someone that you've never met a million dollars? No, I, I think the million dollars thing is, is huge. And I, I completely agree. We we just did a binge of uh, Top Chef. Yeah, 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 yeah. Top I, Chef is amazing. I love Top just Chef. Just the the passion that the chefs have and the need that they have for $125,000 is so ever present in the seasons. You can see, you know, a lot of them are struggling chefs or trying to start a restaurant or doing this and that. And a lot of survivor players are down on their luck or, I mean, a million dollars is life changing, no matter almost any person that you are aside from one person who we'll get to later. Um, And that's my other hot take about this show. Uh, (laughs) But just, it's so important for these players to want the, or need the money. Right. And I think knowing that it's a million dollars, these players should be playing to their hardest capabilities to get to the end. And I think you have the, the, the reason why the original seasons are so great. I mean, some of these final tribal councils, I mean, it's because People are rewarding a life-changing amount of money. They're not awarding... I think now a lot of people are awarding the title of Soul Survivor and not the million dollars. And I think there's been a disconnect a little bit of that. you know. And I think making the jury smaller, making kind of some of the juries sequestered, making this feel a little bit more personal will kind of create that tension that's better there. I think so. Yeah. I, so I was just on, uh, which will come out on Wednesday. This is Monday. Uh, I was just on the Couch Potato Queens podcast hosted by Josh Mendelson, and Josh and I talked about the Marquesas episodes where Rob goes home and John Carroll is blindsided. And it's a really, it was a really fun time, but uh, what is fascinating about those episodes in particular, because I think a lot of disrespect is served to Marquesas, is that they are there's this great moment where like the four, that big alliance of four that's trying to pick off all the losers is like, well, how do we get them to vote for us? How does it matter? And they're like, oh, we don't care, which is really funny in like its own way. But yeah. 
at the same time, like, go turn your producer brain on. Don't you want to see somebody? We Everybody talks about, like, their survivor bucket list. You want to see somebody fighting so badly to make the jury. Just make the jury. Because uh, I think a good example is, like, I know Ian Terry was, like, really – Ian Terry had said that in Big Brother – the worst spot to go out is the spot he went out in, which is like you just yeah. start the jury and it sucks. And I think a yeah. lot of his sort of motivations was like, I don't want to be there. I don't want to go. I don't don't send me out to pasture. And that is inherently more interesting than like, oh, I want to blindside so and so because uh, they're my biggest threat to win the game. Because uh, at the end at the end of the day, like we don't know that you're going to win the game. So why do I care that your biggest threat is in your way unless you definitely win the game? I don't know the story. Right. Put everybody, put your story producer caps on for a second. God no, damn it. I I agree, and I I mean like going on to that. I mean I think yeah. a lot of what I, me at least, and I think a lot of people who love Survivor love it for is like the ritual, the kind of it is very ritualistic. I mean it's the same thing every episode. It's the it's the come on in guys. It's the torch being snuffed. It's the these rituals, right? And part of the ritual is to build this religion of survivor up right and i think the more that we add to the jury you're disrespecting the religion of survivor in a little bit i mean this is sounding a little weird now that i'm saying it no, out loud but I'm, i guess i'm saying like, like i know i'm jewish it's like, i'm fully in on the religion of survivor like I'm, oh i'm not I'm religious a, at all I, so, I mean yeah i mean i'm i worship at the altar of jeff Probst, but i <laughs> i i guess i'm more just saying that it's like this they're taking away from the importance and and i think a lot of I I I really miss the deserves talk. I don't know. Do you mm. miss the deserves talk? Like this person deserves to be there. This person should be in the final four because they deserve to be here or you don't deserve to be here because of personality things or because of camp things or how they impacted the game. I mean, I'm not saying that, that every decision should be based on that, but I do miss that that doesn't come into play at all. Now it's like, you need to be pulled to the end because you're an awful human being, you know? And I don't, I don't disagree. That's a valid strategic gameplay. But I do think I wish people took into account a little bit more of this is important, you know? Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think what drives me nuts is like the the attitude that some women get when they get brought to the end and then people just shit on them. I hate that. And I think that people might have a little bit less resentment if it was like, um, I think maybe part of the resentment brews because instead of a one in seven shot and you're like, oh, those odds are pretty small. Like, you know, I did what I could do, but I was, I was only going to get so far. Like, what is it? One in nine, I guess. One in 10. You're a, when it becomes like one in 14 or one in 15, it's like, that could have been me instead of you. And the resentment mm-hmm. really builds. I think especially if you're on the jury for a long time, the resentment towards these people, especially the women who are brought along at the end, really, really builds until you're an asshole. But I did just block Nora on Instagram because I got an anti-vax ad. So goodbye (laughs) woof goodbye um goodbye but the other side of it is yes i i do kind of miss the deserves because you know i i i like when somebody either makes a dumb decision on survivor and it goes against all instincts and i also think at the same time like i i like the episodes where like taylor gets voted out of millennials versus gen x right because he buries the food because he doesn't help around camp whatever um I kind of like those episodes where it's like this person it's a little tricky when it gets into like the Jatia of it all when this person is really painted as a villain for basically doing nothing around yeah, camp or yeah. you know being a bad person to work with 
But I do enjoy when it's somebody like Taylor who like is not helping, and so they're like, "Well, fuck you, we're gonna vote you out." How about right. that? And I think it was really compelling TV in a season like Vanuatu. We just watched that one here recently, and like I think the implosion of the female alliance was really built around this deserves thing. This is this, you know, does Eliza deserve to be here? Did Twyla deserve to be, you know, voted or harassed for kind of, you know, swearing on her child's son's life? Um, You know, do these groups, you know, there was three pairs, right? Like, who deserves to be in the final four? You know, Julie switching sides because she thought, oh, you know, these people deserve to be in the final four more than these other two girls. Um, And kind of it it definitely played on them. And I I think removing too much of the human aspect of Survivor and making it game body, which anyone who knows me in these games, that's a very ironic thing for me to say personally. But um, I remember that fight. That was a fun fight. (laughs) I, I was enjoying it thoroughly from the sidelines. No. But I I just think it's I, I we lose a little bit of of the soul of Survivor when when we do something like that. Do you think it's um? Do you think it's this thing where here's here's my here's another theory. So we have a show like Big Brother where people fucking hate things like Paul and his friendship, which is essentially uh, I think I think maybe Big Brother suffers from the alternative, which is there is so much groupthink that people are eliminated for no other reason than that they are outside of the group and it's all about deserving. We saw it in Big Brother 20 uh, uh, and Big Brother 21 where people were like, uh, "We, you're outside of the eight-person alliance. You suck. We're going to vote you out. And and But they're always validating it to each themselves. Um, whereas Survivor has suffered from essentially the lack of that where people are so in such a self-preservation mode that they can't for one second think about saving someone because they like them or saving someone because they deserve to be there because they're going to get lambasted online or, you know, shit on endlessly by people or whoever. I think uh, the inherent problem is just that, like, time has made Survivor a show about outsmarting everybody else. And it makes it really hard to, like, come back. Have the human element. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I... uh, I don't think he listens to this podcast, so I'm going to crap on him. But Alex Forstenhausler told me that I was dumb because sometimes I like to vote for second place. Sometimes I like to give my vote to somebody I know is not going to win, um, but I would like to see them win. And if not, I would like to see them get second, and I would like them to yeah. beat the person for third. Um, and I'm I've upset done that, that with- no one did that for Michelle in Winners at War. I, I mean, I like regardless of whether you wanted to vote for, I don't voting for the winner. Like, is that a feather in your cap? I don't understand the, the, like, I mean, it's not like you get anything for having voted for the winner. I mean, obviously you want to make sure the money goes to the right person or the, the title should go to the right person, depending on the type of game you're playing. But like, if you know something's going a certain way, I mean, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with giving your vote to someone else because your vote is personal and it's important. And I think that if you need to show, put it this way i voted for jill stein in 2016 and i don't have a problem with that because like oh, i felt like it was important you can edit this out you can no, edit this it's out. okay I'm sorry. you, you would love my, my friend sophie did the same thing i understand it i i do i knew i knew i mean i, I live in massachusetts so like my vote I mean, yeah. my vote was going the right the, the state's vote were going the right way anyways i felt it was more important to not vote for the winner and vote for someone that i thought like had a different i mean four years i've i've changed my opinions on jill stein as a human being but um i guess what i'm just saying is that i think like even in any instance like you don't necessarily have to vote for the winner if you know something's going a certain way and you need to 
you know, ceremoniously give someone else credit or, you know, show that you cared for, for their style of play. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a good way to do it. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah. It's, I think the, but to your point, sorry, to your point about yeah. the big brother and the survivor, I mean, I think the good middle ground is Australian survivor where I do think they still, it, it the, the all-star season definitely wavered a little bit on this, but I think the first uh, three seasons definitely had this, mix of deserve and strategy i mean they definitely had i mean season two was all about mateship mateship and like kind of like you know bringing the good people to the end and things like that but there was strategy within that of like oh you know we're using that almost as a cloud for strategy too um and i don't watch a lot of big brothers so i don't know how much is like that is actually strategy or that is really like the group thing taking over and things like that too yeah i think it's i think you're you're right definitely a shit like you know the season with Lee and Brooke and Flick and all that has the mask of mateship and then everybody's paranoid behind the doors. So I love that. Um, yeah, Big Brother, I don't think it happens every season, but I think the way that they've been casting, and, and I think this also goes back to casting and goes back to producing. Oh, yeah. And um, I had a really great conversation with Aman, uh, like a couple, uh, we were on a Zoom with a bunch of people. I had a really great conversation where this big push for casting is super important. Diversity in casting is super important. And the other side of it is diversity in story producing. And I don't yes. think people talk about enough. Um, and diversity in editing. Because yep. if you're going to have just a bunch of male editors, uh, you're going to get the Amazon edit of like, oh, Heidi has big boobs. And it's like, okay, we get it. You put them in a bikini already. We understand. We've all <laughs> We've got the eyes for it. But... If you don't put people behind the scenes who are going to tell the right stories, then those people are anybody who is cast in a season is inherently disadvantaged because yeah, the story. Producer. I don't know everyone's walk of life. I don't know everyone's story. If you put ten of me on a producing, like I, per, I wouldn't physically or mentally be able to give everyone the three dimensional edit that they deserve. And I mean, I think that's the problem they have right now. Is I mean, they just don't have people that are aware of these types of stories, these types of lives, the different types of upbringings the different types of biases people face the different types of i don't know there's just so much that you know when you have a, a lot of white men running a show that you really miss out on and i mean i think i i really think they don't see a problem right now i mean i think that's the biggest thing is that it got this way because for so long they didn't see a problem they loved the the big winners they loved the mike holloways they loved the ben Bergens, and they don't see that anyone who cares about survivor a lot of people that care about survivor see those seasons as like universally terrible you know it's like it's weird to them they view them as successes and i think that disconnect between like the people and i mean frankly the general audience too i mean i i, I blame the the casual survivor fans just as much as i blame the producers well yeah and i th- i think that the larger point here right is that we should be casting- america sucks america sucks uh <laughs> Welcome to Leftist Survivor 101. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, no, it's okay. Anyone who follows me on Twitter has endured it. Every time I get a new Twitter follower, I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. But I'm Oh, yeah, I, what, don't, don't, I'm not going to, don't even ask me for my Twitter handle. No one wants to follow that. I, <laughs> I just retweet, like, that type of crap all the time. No one wants it. Um, well, the, I think the big thing I was sort of trying to go for is that, like, when Big Brother casts a bunch of hot people in their 20s that are white, they always inevitably find each other and create a barrier to protect themselves from the outsiders, to protect themselves from the people who are not conventionally attractive, who are older, who are a different race, 
who are a different anything from them. They essentially protect themselves, right? Like that is, I think, the big one of the big reasons that I think a lot of groupthink happens. And honestly, I think it's one of the reasons that like we saw we saw a lot of Winners at War is very interesting because nobody goes home to not vote except for Sandra. Um, yeah. And fun fact, Sandra said on her Zoom that she didn't realize she was on the jury or she would have stayed. She just wouldn't have done really? anything, but she would have stayed. She yeah. just didn't know that she was on the jury, which is hilarious. Like, imagine everybody going to get those logs and Sandra's just like, eh, fuck it, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I don't that care. would have been way better television. I mean, I loved watching, I don't know, Ethan's, like, story during those challenges, but, like... Oof. Sandra giving some comic relief could have helped Ed a lot, I think. But I, yeah, I right. agree with you. I, I mean, I, I, I think what maybe what you're gonna get to here about the like group think about the jury is just like we as a society are so willing to give certain people the benefit of the doubt, and so even if you didn't play with someone, or even if you only heard certain things through hearsay, you're willing to not that Tony didn't deserve it, but just using this as an example, you're willing to give Tony all the benefit of the doubt in the world because of who he is, because of his stature in society, because of the type of you know demographic he is versus Natalie or Michelle. You know, it's it's really hard for someone to come into Final Tribal as a Natalie or Michelle right now and convince 17 people, convince 14 people, convince 11 people. If they have to convince seven people and all seven of those people made it very far into the game with them and got to know them in and out and got to see their games, I just don't see why... I mean, I, I would be amazed if the, the like disparity of winners doesn't immediately change, you know? Whatever, we don't need to turn this into the last year of Rob Has a Podcast either. Um, but I am very encouraged with what they're going to do with Yeah, they the, did a the better job and, than I could ever do, so go ahead. No, yeah, and them. or, like, I don't better job than I can do. I, I have no voice to speak on this, so I'll, I'll cut myself off there. But I, I'm very encouraged to see what they're doing with the, with the casting. And, I, and maybe that gr- type of group thing changes. I mean, maybe just with having equal diversity, I mean, maybe you just don't see, you know, will, you know, your run-of-the-mill american truly have the same all-american boy ideal and and vote for you know the jts of the world or the 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 toms of the world or something like that or is there a new all-american ideal when you have a truly diverse cast i mean maybe that's maybe that's gonna be different you know maybe that the person that they're giving the benefit of the doubt the person that they're lauding might change that type of archetype yeah i'm i i think also part of it is just um casting when you cast like Three, so I think Big Brother Canada 7 is a great example of this. You can cast sort of diverse people, um, but if you cast like three white guys, four white guys, they're going to sort of band together in this way because they have the most in common. So like, Anthony, you know, Anthony was not white, but the, the way that they connected was a Dane, Mark, I know you don't know, it's Dane, Mark, Adam, and Anthony. You're, they connected about being bros. Speaking gibberish to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they connect about being bros because they're like dudes in their 20s and 30s. And right. then everybody in the fringe who is outside of that does not connect because they're different people and they don't have the same things in common. And this is all, 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 all to say that survivor needs to make the jury smaller and make the casting more diverse so that people are playing harder and that it's less about coasting with your friends i think i couldn't have said it better myself and don't forget to sequester them because i think also that could have a fun little mental you know like putting them on like uh (laughs) lockdown for two weeks might just be fun anyways uh yeah i think that would be really fun (laughs) i would love to like fuck with their brains a little bit why I, I guess I kind of 
I don't know if I disagree about the sequestering of them. So I just want to like, what do you think sequestering would do that is so beneficial that we should be doing it? Besides the group think. Definitely the group think, but I I also think uh, forcing them to kind of stew with their emotions. I, I think you see a lot in the Ponderosa videos and maybe they push people to do this or maybe they don't, but everyone's Ponderosa videos is about them kind of like overcoming what they did in the game or what was happening to them in the game. And and then I think they come to final tribal almost already having dealt with their emotions and having dealt with how they think of the people that are still in the game. And I, while that's very healthy to do and I applaud them for that, I think it hurts the game a little bit because they're coming and already having gotten over the type of things that they need to vote on. Right. And so then they come in, voting based on gameplay or you know these robotic or whatever like who has the best stats instead of who i want to vote for and i want to see win you know based on what happened to me in that game so the longer they can stew with it the kind of the the more that sits personally and the more that we can make these votes personal and not about gameplay i think the better and Personal should still include gameplay. If your personal vote, I can't say this enough, is about gameplay and you want to see the best person win, Mm. that is awesome. I love that. 13 people thinking that is unrealistic. I think there should be people within that group that feel differently based on what happened in this very personal game, you know? Yeah. And so I think keeping them separate prevents that. That's that. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, um, we, you know, we see fights at Ponderosa And those examples are very clearly like people who are still very much processing their emotions. But I think in the same time, like, isn't the best place to process your emotions privately and then at final tribal council? Don't we want to see someone like Sue Hawk just be like, how the fuck are you going to expect me to vote for you? Because I hope you die on the side of the road. Like Mm -hmm. where you're I, I do like the sequester idea. Um, maybe even I think it would be really fun to do for like a live reality game is just like don't talk to each other. You go to that corner, you go to that corner. It'll be five hours, yeah. you'll be back. Yeah, five hours. Yeah, it's less less probably mentally harmful for five hours than for whatever, fourteen days. So like definitely I'm thinking more from the producer standpoint than the actual player's standpoint here. Don't you wanna see that at Final Tribal? Don't you wanna see that like emotional release at Final Tribal instead of on a Ponderosa video that might get, you know, fifteen thousand views? I don't know how many they get. I'm sure they get more than that, but still it's not it's not survivor. The casuals aren't watching that. Most people aren't watching that. I wanna see them overcome these emotions on my screen, you know, and I wanna see it in the most important part of the game. The let, let's let's go back to your submission because I think it just says so it, it was so well written most people just submit like a <laughs> sentence and I was like oh my god camp has something to say oh yeah it'll also allow for more than one or two winner archetypes that seem to be favored by larger juries so who do you think could succeed with the seven person jury then who is in your perception is gonna have a better time with seven people I mean, you don't see Vesepia nowadays, right? You don't see that type of player who made those bonds, kept a notebook with, like, information about people and, like, built relationships with players and won the jury vote because, I mean, her competition wasn't very tough at the very end, but still, like, she won that jury vote because she was well-liked and well-connected and built great personal bonds with people and, like, when was the last time you saw that? I mean, Tommy might be the closest we've had recently. And like, 
I I mean, whatever. Like, <laughs> that's all I have to say about his social game, I guess. Like, I just, you don't see that. Maybe Michelle was more liked, but I don't know if that's why they were really voting for Michelle. I just, when do you see that archetype of someone who got to the end? You definitely see spite votes. You see people voting against other people when the other person, the person they're going up against might be very unlikable but it's very rare that you have that person that doesn't really have the stats they don't have the big moves they don't have the challenge wins they got to the end and they treated you with respect and you want to give them a million dollars because of who they are you know and the other thing that just sort of came to mind while you were mentioning this is like i think it goes hand in hand with delete the fire making twist cancel the fire making twist I didn't want to add that in because <laughs> I mean that's it's too many, I, honestly, it's too many changes I'm making. That's yeah. canon in this podcast verse is like there is no fire making <laughs> twist. It is gone. I've deleted it. I am God. Um, because so like I think a great example you just mentioned is Tommy, but like Lauren with Tommy, right? Because true in this situation, I think I have to look it up. I think Tommy wins immunity, right? And he makes yes, he he convinced. No. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because he brings Nora with him. Yeah. Yep. So in that situation, where there is no fire making twist, you kind of have to sit there and say, "Well, is Lauren able to emotionally manipulate Nora? Are people able to like convince them to go to the tie?" Because I really think that it it ruins, like, as much as people want to say that it gives the yep. the Rob yep. Goddess a chance, I think it ruins any credibility that the mm. Rob Goddess could have. Of making it to the finals and be like, look, like it's so boring to be like, oh, I overcame the fact that somebody else made me make fire. Whereas if you say, I, right. or I mean, on the I other, got someone to get on, me to make fire, yeah. that's at least interesting. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Like, there's a there's it's robbing us from another strategic vote, and then it's also robbing us from Tommy having to account for the fact, hey, Lauren, I voted you out at four. You know, now he can be like, oh, I put you in fire. I give you a chance. You know, it's like it's not only is it giving the fire maker another feather in the cap to give us another stat to review. You know, I, I, all these stats are really muddling together. And it's all of a sudden we're looking at baseball cards instead of looking at people. Right. You know, it's like, oh, how many how many home runs did they hit? How many idols did they find? How many fire making did they win? Whatever. You know, it's things like that. Or yep. it's also robbing us from Tommy having to have that human moment with Lauren at the end saying, Sorry, at four, I just needed to cut you. You needed to go. You needed to go. But instead, he can be like, oh, I put you in fire. I give you the chance. Yeah, and like Tommy, I remember, was kind of like a dick to Lauren in that moment. And I was just like, I guess it's like, how can you do that to somebody? Because, you know, uh, I'm about to look at the the Island of the Idols, like, winner's votes. and um, but, that's, but you can get away with it. That's what I, I guess that's what I've been saying yeah, while yeah, you look yeah. that up. Is that, like, is that you can screw over the fourth, fifth place, sixth place people because you don't need their votes. I mean, I think he did get Lauren's vote, if I recall. I don't know if you finished looking it yeah, up. Yeah, he but, did. But, like, it's like you don't need it. So you don't need to treat those people well. And so in the fire making even makes that even worse because, like, you don't even need to make that vote even. You get away without having blood on your hands because you're like, oh, you guys can go to fire. Or, oh, I can go to fire myself and get another feather in my cap. You know, it's one of those things. The way the votes are structured, Tommy gets um, Tommy gets eight votes, Dean gets two. But if you eliminate, because there's a 10-person jury, if you eliminate the last three, it's five, two, Tommy. That's a much more interesting end. Right. If he, but let's say he pisses off Lauren, right, by eliminating her at final four. Maybe she turns it around and suddenly it's four three Dean. You know, like there are. Yep. Obviously, these are all like butterfly flaps, their wings scenarios. But you have to think about how much more pressure there is to guarantee a vote from every single person. Yeah. 
at least Big Brother is kind of interesting. I mean, it's a nine-person jury, but that's still, you know, the difference between five and four. We've seen, I mean, God, Paul losing twice is my favorite video online. I mean, I know you have no context <laughs> for it, but I'll, maybe I'll send no, it to I you. No, I do. I did actually see, I saw Paul's first season. That's the one I saw with uh, Vanessa one. Is that her name? When she was like, I'm a straight shooter. I'm a straight shooter. Oh, is that Tiffany? No, that's, is that right? No, that was the Nicole Franzel season. It was the it was the twin twist and that's uh, not Johnny Paul's. Mack. I watched that season. Was Paul? No, Paul was. Not oh, I thought season. I saw some of Paul. No, that's funny though. I love Johnny Mac, but the, uh, you know, I think there's that great video of Paul losing twice, and it's both by one vote I've seen each it. time he loses. Yeah, and yeah. that is some damn pressure of like, if you had just flipped one person, it would have meant the win of the game. Yeah that's really uh, something useful about just an odd number jury. I do think it should always be an odd number, should never be an even number, and it should always be a situation where, like, it can't be a plur- – it can't be, like, a 2-2-2. Two, two, two. It can't be, like, yeah. a 3-3. Three, three, three. Well, I guess 9. Fine, I'll tolerate I don't, it. I don't, but... I don't hate the – I don't hate the 3 and 8. I mean, if they're stuck to with the final 3, I don't hate 3 and 8 as the amount. If, if, if we have to make a compromise with the survivor producers, I mean, if, if we're going to the negotiating table and we're like, we need to shrink it to 7, and they say 9, I'll agree to 8. Um, I don't mind the three and eight because I I do like the idea of a four, four tie coming down to that third place person. Um, I think that did, I mean, it wasn't eight in ghost Island. It was 10. Right. But I I do like that concept that like everybody matters at that point down to the third place person. You know, I, I like that everybody matters and the smaller the jury, the more everybody matters and the more every question matters. I mean, we need to, we need to go back to the old council format. I want to have someone one-on-one with these people say, this is how I feel. This is what you guys did to me. Answer for it. Not, what did they do in the strategic part of the game? What did they do in the challenge portion of the game? What did they do at camp? You know, it's like, that's not, it's not what Survivor is. It's not, we're not reading a resume. You know, we're not, we're not interviewing. It's not a board interview at some law firm. You know, it's like, it's more personal than that. I think also so there's been a lot of Reddit discussion I saw recently about Brenda's jury question to Dawn and, like, making her take her teeth out, all this, you know, emotionally weird shit. Yeah. You know, the ability to just go to someone and be like, I don't even want to hear a word out of your mouth. I just want you to listen to me while I complain to you, and then I will be done. Mm-hmm. When you're watching Final Travel, you want people to feel afraid of how you're going to vote when you're a jury member sometimes. Where you're like, yeah. what am I going to do? You're threatening you're, them. Yeah, you don't know. I might not yeah. vote for you, friend of mine. And so what you want is for people to be rewarded with answering your question and who cares about what everybody else gets the answer to. But if it becomes like, hey, Cam, I want a 10-page essay about why you deserve to win and it's just like slowly (laughs) changing the hearts and minds of millions, like that's boring. Give me one question that you need to impress me on. You have one shot. Like it's that great um, coach question where – Brandon Hansen just like yes or no, and he's like, well, let me tell you, or no, it's right. Albert, yeah, it's Albert. Yeah. He's like, yes or no, and that—that's what you want. You want a question. And that lost like, him. I, I mean, that yeah, no, it is the perfect example. It was uh like his personal thing, and he needed to hear one thing from Coach, and it's one word might have lost Coach that game. One personal interaction might have lost in that game, and I think we lose that nowadays. We just don't have that. There is no personal interactions there is no one word would lose you anything i mean the jury comes in knowing who they want to choose and very rarely it might you might sway a vote i don't know you know it's not you just don't have that but um yeah i I think that was a good example on the other side of it i do think you have an interesting example where like 
we didn't get a lot of this, but in Winners at War, when Denise is like, like, I love you guys. Like, I, and Ben is like, I'm going to fall on my sword for Denise and for all these people. We don't get a lot of the backstory to these human relationships. And we don't get to validate why people care so much. And so people will come off the island and be like, oh, yeah, like, Sarah Lucina was my best friend and we never see it. If there are less people on the jury to validate their votes in the story, right? If, if you know, if you, I go home before the merge, you don't need to know who I'm going to vote for. Yeah. When there are more people in the game that you need to validate why they're going to vote for somebody to win, you lose the ability to show the maybe seven most important relationships a person's going to have or the, the four and the three. You lose the, uh, the focus, the focus. Come on, Jeff. Pro- like that, you know, come on, Jeff Probst. Just fucking get your shit together. That's all I'm asking. Stop looking like a little wax figurine and give me what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I agree. It, and it's also a numbers game of like, not only is it you could focus on seven people, but also right now, every winner, what the reason why they won is because they made these super big moves or they made these big idol plays. And so you need to devote a lot of time to that to make people understand this person's impressive. Instead of if someone was able to win with a social game, you could spend time building up those social bonds, you know, where, you know, so so they kind of. I assume they produce backwards, right? They figure out why someone won and try to produce to to match that. If people are able to win in different ways, we're able to see different seasons. And then the seasons become a little bit less homogenous themselves too. So what you're saying to me is your ideal is seven person. You can be flexible with eight. Is it a final three or a final two affected at all? Or you don't, do you want to go back to the final two? I would like to go back to a final two. And I don't know if this is a hot take, but I don't like how they hit it in Kagayan. I think people play more aggressively when they know it's a final two than when they think it's a final three and then get surprised. So if it's, I would love a final two seven person and people will play aggressively to be a part of that final two. Um, you can't, there's, there's no dead weight. You can't have room for, you know, you, you can't have too many contingencies there. You can't have Natalie and Philip in the final three. So you can't bring all of them towards the end is, is kind of how it works, you know? Yeah. I, I also think that that, enables the the bitter vote a little bit more like you know mm-hmm. if there's seven people it's this or that right it, it's it's maybe you want to give natalie a win because boston rob was such a dickhead to you but when you have two dickheads at the end you're like fine i'll vote for boston rob who cares yeah it's like oh this guy's way better than the other two yeah that's true that's a good point so i i, I agree you know i i like um i love a good final two it's also Part of it is like I think the the realism that you might win. The realization is the word I'm looking for. The realization that you might win, right? Like if you're in a final two, it's you or the other person, and that's a big step. But in a final three where you're getting owned by the jury, there's a part of you that isn't going to fight as hard. And I think like what you're – everything you're saying is about increasing the fire under the butt of the people who are playing. Yeah. Making them play harder. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. That's actually, yeah, that's a good way to wrap it up is that like I want people to play hard to the very end. And I think there are a few changes that can make everyone play the hardest and even everyone respect once they get voted out, vote in a way that's the hardest, you know, really respect their own jury vote and their own place in the game. So I caught from what you said earlier that you want to talk smack about Mike White. Oh, no, I guess like, isn't this you? It's Mike White got robbed, right? Like, yeah. Or Mike White was robbed. I'm sorry, I got it wrong. Um, That's okay. And 
I love Mike White, the player, and I, I'll agree with you that I think he played a top two game in that season, and very no 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 I'm not even saying I'm not even saying second I'm not saying he's second I say that like I could see the argument for him or Nick my kind of hot take here is that he had no interest in winning that final tribal council so like, I totally I, totally I don't agree. think he was robbed I kind of more think he just rolled over and was like oh I did what I needed to do I'm over with it. Yeah, I agree. There's that great sort of Gabby thing of like, Mike, do you even want to win? And of course he doesn't want to win. Yeah. Like he doesn't need a million dollars. He's just there he's... for fun. Right. Yeah, there's um I've been watching a lot of the amazing race in uh in quarantine. And Mike White is on two seasons of the amazing race, which he's perfect in. Yeah. But he's just there to have fun with his dad. Like he doesn't he's not in it for a million dollars, he's just having a fun time, and that's kinda what I love. Um, but I also think it's so funny that Mike White is so exceptionally good at the game that like he almost wins even though he doesn't want to. Oh yeah, he he almost fell wine drunk backwards into winning that game for sure, which would have been amazing. Like I I respect how he did it and everything. I just you know, I, I can't really call him robbed when like I think he could have won if he just put his foot on the pedal towards the end there. And I think he took his foot off the pedal. So I, I don't know if he was robbed, maybe maybe I uh maybe you just gotta change the name of the podcast. Is it too late for that? I made a logo and I'm not going back. So no, it's too late for that. I'm never doing it again. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I told Jordan Kalish this podcast idea, and he said that's dumb. So you know, we all have that's our wins dumb. and losses. No, that's it's how he like, responds to most things I say to him. So that's that's fair. That's understandable. So the last thing I want to talk about is Survivor Maine because oh, you yeah. are on Surviving Maine, Survivor Maine. Surviving Maine. Surviving Maine. That's what I thought. It didn't sound right when it said Survivor Maine. You are in the most recent season that is airing currently. And I remember when this cast was first announced, I was like, oh shit, Cam's going to destroy them. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about this, because I'm excited. Well, I can't tell you whether or not I destroy them. And everyone who's listening, you guys should watch this. If I'm assuming everyone listened, watched Survivor New York. And if you want more of that in before, in between seasons three and season four, I'm very excited for season four because I feel like I know like half the cast. <laughs> um, and I'm very sad for Mark in season three. I was very much rooting for him. But uh, um, spoiler, I don't know if you want to edit the spoiler. Goddess, yeah. uh, but yes, Surviving Maine, um, it, it's like, it's if you like these live reality games if you're interested in the college games if you've seen survivor new york it's more the same except it adds in the real survival element so it's a four-day game um in the woods in maine um it was hosted by liza stratton so she was a survivor brooklyn south season one alum so she played with naomi and myself also voted me out but not Um, part of the two-timers club (laughs) Yeah, there we go. There we go. So she's not as bad. Um, And she just put in an amazing amount of work. I mean, she essentially filled the gap that Survival Challenge left. So Survival Challenge, which was was and is hosted by Bob Crowley and friends in Maine, has moved to um, Ohio, I believe, uh, or Indiana. Indiana, I'm sorry. And Indiana. And so she's kind of taken up the mantle and really is a, a perfect successor. I mean, the challenges are super realistic huge she put in so much production value it's great she had um you know the the filmographer there nick laws put in a great work he had drone footage super high def footage he did really good um like the 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 filming's amazing and then um uh 
our hat patron Taylor Malena, I think is how I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her last name right. She took up the mantle to edit the show, and oh. you might recognize her. She is the Taylor in Becky and Taylor from the the Wandoff. So if you're a Wandoff fan, oh, um, okay, you you do know Taylor already, and she's been editing these episodes, and they're gonna come out every Wednesday starting the the 10th of February to kind of replace your Survivor um, itch. There's going to be a host of things kind of talking about it. I think there's going to be videos every week on live reality games, like kind of going over the episode. Um, So similar to how you guys had for Survivor New York with guests and interviews. And then there's actually a podcast that's going to go through it. This podcast called Survivor Cast International, which is a a two-person podcast that is right now, I think they're going through all the international seasons of Survivor. They're going to start reviewing weekly episodes kind of in in a know-it-alls type fashion fashion um on their podcast so if you're like missing your survivor fix i just really recommend it don't watch it for me i'm probably not entertaining um based on this podcast but the rest of the cast is amazing the production quality is amazing the people put in so much effort and i just really think people should watch it so um check it out it's surviving main on youtube surviving main on twitter um and it starts the 10th and uh yeah watch to see how i do or don't do yeah, I mean, shout out to Liza because Liza was on Survivor New York, but also because I know how much effort she puts into this game. And Surviving Maine is really one of the games where you look at it and you're like, they're committed. They're fully committed. So I love I love that experience, and I am very happy that that is coming out. Um, additionally, um, I don't know. We might. There's talks about it, but live reality games. So first of all, go to Surviving Man on YouTube, subscribe and watch. Um, live reality games might be covering them. I don't know if we're covering it yet, but I am a podcaster at Live Reality I, I Games. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they are. I think I, I think I got the word that they're doing weekly weekly videos. Fantastic, because uh, I will probably be a guest at some point on the season. I said I'm too close to too Love many it. of the contestants, and I don't want to podcast <laughs> about it too much. <laughs> um, but I am going to be a guest, and I can't wait to talk about it. And Uh, Like Cam said, I mean, we're at the end of the road. There's a couple things you need to do to help us in our survivor lives. You got to join the Brooklyn South Facebook group. You got to join the Survivor New York viewer group. You got to check out Surviving Maine. You got to follow me on Twitter, I guess. Cam says don't touch his Twitter. Leave him alone. Yeah, don't bother. Don't even bother with it. I'm actually an egg on Twitter. I I don't even have a picture or anything. (laughs) Egg on Twitter is not a bad like name for something but i don't think it's a band name i don't know <laughs> no, um, no no yeah <laughs> and i think sorry I, just... I live reality games i think that you missed yeah, that yeah, one yeah. too follow live reality games support live reality games yeah youtube.com slash live reality games where i go live uh i'm gonna be podcasting about the upcoming season of uh survivor carnegie melon is coming to Ooh. air and that will be right. what i did also covered, uh, there's going to be a new season of Survivor Michigan. I'll be there. This is all to say that there's a world out there that you should explore if you're a Survivor fan and you're craving Survivor content. And it starts yeah. and ends at the Live Reality Games Facebook group. There you go. You find it all. Um, Cam, this has been a blast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I think that you have had the most the, the most concise an articulate argument I've heard so far. Some people are like, I don't know, let's just, whatever, Chrissy sucks. No, just kidding, Michael Jacob. But, you know, I love I love this take, and I, I'm, it's the first take where I've been like, I'm in, I'm fully in, this is mine, I'm in. 
I had a thesis and I needed to get it off my chest. So I appreciate you being my therapist for the past hour and a half. Um, I feel a lot better now that the world may agree with me. Um, I did have one last plug. Uh, sorry that I forgot. You can catch me in season five of Survivor New York after Naomi agrees to cast me. Um, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll do okay. Did you submit your application? I haven't looked at it in a while. I don't think so. Right? Maybe I, I'll get it in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, there's a whole pandemic to get over, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It will yeah, be for a couple of years, so we got time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once after, now that New York is like, let's just open everything up again. It's like, oh, Survivor New York's on the back burner for another two years. R.I.P. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, now you can pump out the episodes. I'm excited for season four. We got a new location, right? The the beach location looks beautiful. So same same beach location. Episodes. We're just using it more. Yes. So uh, okay. it's right. the same park, um, but we've started to spread out in the park. So it is technically kind of like a new location. We're really excited because I think uh, season four, we don't March, April, spring. Um, I've been editing the, the titles over and over and over again. Um, because every time I look at them, I'm like, I think I can do something else to them. <laughs> Cause I just love all of my babies so much and I want them all to look cool and survivory on camera. Yeah. Cam, thank you so much for being here. Uh, exit music play. Bye. <laughs> 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 That's, I don't have any good. There's no sign off. I don't, there's, you don't need, oh, wait, 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 edit this back in. I didn't get my, to give my opinion on the School of Rock. Edit this in, quick, 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 cut, 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 cut. Cam, I forgot to ask, so we literally started recording again. Yep. What do you think of Mike White? What do you think of the School of Rock? What do I think of the School of Rock? I'm more of a shallow hell guy. Fuck off. <laughs> oh my God. That's all I had to say. Holy shit. That was not worth it. That was not worth it. It was very worth it to me. All. Holy fucking shit. Uh, go everyone go watch school of rock it's on hbo max i think all right i'm stopping this